G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, on a Monday, you know we like to check in on this week's political agenda with the Australian Christian Lobby. Well, Rob Norman is the Australian Christian Lobby State Director for Queensland, New South Wales and the ACT. Rob's joining us. Rob, a special welcome back to 2020. Neil, it's always good to be with you, and I want to thank you for having me with you this morning on this great Monday. Hey, Rob, let's start with something that was breaking in the news late last week. Our federal, state and territory attorneys general, they met to discuss telehealth and voluntary assisted dying. Uh, What was their meeting all about? Neil, we got um, some intel on this. So the attorneys general uh, met on Friday to talk about the introduction of uh, telehealth for voluntary assisted dying. Um, and so this is a this is obviously a problematic bill. We have issues with it. Um, it opens up all kinds of issues. And in hand in hand with it, um, we see that also um, Marshall Perrin, who is the former uh, chief, uh, chief minister of the Northern Territory, has recommended to the ACT changes to that act that would actually allow uh, access to voluntary assisted dying by teenagers. So there are two things going hand in hand on this thing, Neil. Um, we're, we're concerned about both of them, to be honest. And so those ministers will have met and they'll have discussed these things. Uh, issues around kids. I mean, who would have thought? I, I, I guess there would have been those uh, on your team at the ACL who would have been predicting the way things get watered down over time. But the thought that kids could be offered uh, this VAD, voluntary assisted dying, this suicide option, uh, that's almost beyond the pale, isn't it? Yeah, this is a very scary piece of uh, legislation if they receive the recommendation from Mr Perrin. Um, and so, as you say, it's it's offered to under-18s. Uh, the idea being, Neil, that if uh, young people have issues that they feel are either life-threatening or threatening the, the quality of their life, that they can then apply to uh, for assisted suicide. Um, and the real problem with it is this should be obvious to everyone. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, young people under 18, science has already told us that their brains haven't formed correctly, that they're still growing up, that they're forming their opinions, that they can suffer big mood swings, that there are all kinds of emotional issues that affect decision-making at that age. And so any idea of giving access to voluntary assisted dying to a young person is just absolutely ludicrous. And so we oppose that, absolutely. The scary thing is here, when you hope that your political leaders are protecting uh, the children and the youth of the next generation, uh, that somehow or other they won't make suicide uh, accessible to them in such a way that, you know, parents would be pulling their hair out, wondering what's happening with the way that their children are exposed and made vulnerable by this. This is a challenge, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's correct. Um, and, and I should say at this point, this is a recommendation. This is part of a submission that Mr. Heron has made. Uh, Mr. Perrin, I should say, has made to the ACT. Um, we, we're calling on the ACT government to reject this submission outright, to just put a full stop under it and to rule out the possibility of young people having access to uh, assisted suicide. Are there some provisions in the criminal code uh, nationally that could be uh, brought into force here to protect children? Yes, there are currently uh there are currently legislations, Neil, that, that prevent uh, any online um, media being used to make suggestions of suicide to anybody. And so we would certainly refer to that, and that's that's a big part of it. But I'd just like to read a, a message, Neil, that we received from one of our supporters this week, at least in part, and it came from a young woman who is 27. She says, quote, I'm 27 years old. And a strong Christian, I have an extremely life-limiting genetic disability that has stripped away all my independence. No one has ever voiced that I am a burden, but there are days I acutely feel that, dark times when the pain overwhelms. I begin to think that really people are better off without me. I feel shame uh, cling to me at the realisation that my illness hurts anyone who becomes close to me. This legislation scares me, she says. My faith anchors me, but the isolation and feelings of unworthiness I know would overcome many. Please share that we even, the young people, the young with disabilities, long to be reminded that we are loved and that our lives matter and are not genetic accident. The option of easy access suicide sends the opposite message. And I think that is a, an heart-wrenching message to hear things like that from young people now. Rob, is there room for a proactive, life-affirming message that doesn't just come from people like you and I who are Christians or from the church in general, but that our national political leaders might actually do something life-affirming, value-affirming for people? Of course, going down the sort of path they're discussing around VAD and even the potential for young people being involved in that, uh, that really is a negative. What do you think ought to be happening? What ought our leaders be affirming for young people? Neil, we should be engaging this generation, this young generation of of people, and, and as you say, affirming their worthiness, affirming the fact that they are valued by society. Uh, We should be affirming that life is important from conception through to the end of life and that young people have a role to play in this world. They are our future. Uh, And I think so whatever initiatives the government would introduce along those lines, we would certainly support that. And I know that most people out there uh, in the community would as well. Well, when we talk about being life-affirming, value-affirming, we might even move our conversation towards what's happening in Christian schools because it seems to be the sort of legislation that our governments are wanting to deal with uh, want to dismantle the opportunity for Christian schools to be Christian. And, of course, being Christian has this uh, right at its core, this affirmation that you are valuable, that you're created in the image and likeness of God. Uh, There's all sorts of issues, and we might touch on some of those that are happening nationally. We know there's been a delay 
until the end of the year before a report is due from the Australian Law Reform Commission as they're deliberating around a whole lot of recommendations. Uh, you've also got your eye your eyes on what's happening in the states because states are also dealing with this at uh, the state level. What's happening uh, in your state of Queensland? Neil, uh, our government up here, our Attorney General, is currently dealing with a report that came out from the Human Rights Commission in Queensland. It's called Building Belonging. And so this report is uh, is very much skewed towards sex, sex, sexuality and gender and inclusion issues. And so what the report does, it makes recommendations um, that uh, inclusion be top of the list when it comes to employment. And so the report has a recommendation, the number 39 it is in the report, uh, that basically says in Christian schools um, that there needs to be a genuine occupational requirement for teachers to be appointed uh, or staff, any staff to be appointed, that is uh, a Christian. So in other words, if, if a school... Uh, attempts to uh, employ someone and they stipulate they must be Christian, they've then got to uh, have a very good reason to do that if this law is passed. And so our argument is that Christianity is far more than just an academic exchange of information about the Bible and Jesus and the things we're, we're obviously committed to. It's a lived experience. And so the culture of the school is really important. Um, and so we had a, a round table um, last Monday with our Attorney General, uh, Shannon Fentiman, and there were uh, Christian leaders from uh, many of the networks, the school networks. There was also a representative from the Islamic schools, and we addressed some of these issues. If you're making your own assessment about that meeting, uh, you've got uh, that roundtable meeting last Monday, how do you describe the tone of the meeting? Was it a, a positive tone that, you know, we can protect uh, Christian schools or was it a negative tone? We're doing all we can to dismantle the opportunity that schools have to employ people who agree with their ethos. What was the tone like? Neil, uh, the Attorney-General was, was friendly. She was, uh, she was uh, listening to us. Um, it's actually the second of the meetings that we've had, and I believe there'll be further consultations. Um, I think it, it's going to be a bit of a sticking point because there's competing interests when it comes to rights. And so on the one hand, we're looking at the rights of the individual when they apply for a job, uh, whether they're Christian or not, or whether they're Islamic or not in that instance. And then the other competing right is the right of the school and of obviously the parents who uh, are sending their children to Christian schools. And so the attorney has this balancing act of bringing those competing rights together. And part of my job and part of what the Australian Christian Lobby does is that we're putting forward the case for Christian schools. I'm not sure whether it's heartening or whether it's uh, all the more a threat, but because you've got the Australian Law Reform Commission deliberating around those, uh, those uh, issues at a federal level, uh, each of the states has their own decision to do with this as well. So it could be the fact that states will legislate what they think and they'll ignore what happens federally. So what are your thoughts about that? Is is this the case? I think that's very much a possibility, Neil. Uh, the Attorney General did make it clear that their intention is to uh, stay in step with the federal government. Um, 
But there are other states that have already legislated in this area. And also um, Western Australia is, has their legislation up as well. And so we could end up with a real mishmash of, uh, of information when it comes to the, the Anti-Discrimination Acts. Rob, what are you hoping that Christian believers will do at a state level and at a federal level when it comes to protecting this ability that schools have at the present time to employ teachers who agree with their ethos? Uh, some people are dismayed that somehow or other that might actually dismantle what we have come to know as what Christian schools are. So what sort of action are you encouraging people to take? Well, there's already been some great action, Neil, and uh, we believe that part of the reason the federal government has pushed back the ALRC uh, report to the end of the year is that there's been so many submissions that they're struggling to deal with them. And so uh, we would just encourage your listeners to contact their federal MPs to talk to them about the rights of uh, Christian schools to hire Christian staff. And then in the state area, uh, the same thing, really, uh, we had person in um, uh, in the state who put up a an e-petition and it received well, nearly 20,000 signatures. And so that's another great thing. It's another great way to do it. Really, we've just got to be a voice, Neil, and keep, uh, keep applying the pressure to local MPs and to Parliament. So we've got to be a voice. Uh, this is not a time to sit on your hands. This is actually crisis time. And it's a challenge for every parent. It's a challenge for everyone who supports the ability of a Christian school to have a Christian ethos and employ teachers who will actually be in agreement with that. I wonder if, you know, speculation goes, uh, if all this is lost, is it the end of Christian schools as we know it? Uh, Rob, have you been thinking this through? No doubt you've got your own speculation. If we don't get this right... Uh, this is the outcome. What are you speculating as to what might happen if everything goes bad and we lose the capacity of Christian schools to employ Christian teachers? It's a great question, Neil. Look, I think this is existential. I think it does affect the long-term effectiveness of Christian schools. Um, you know, when you think about it, Christian schools are values-driven, and so their ethos is centred around the values of, of the Bible, of Scripture, uh, they're not profits driven. And so if you remove the incentive to promote their values, there's not a lot of incentive left to keep Christian schools going. And so I expect that if this comes in, it would weaken Christian schools and we would probably see a long term, the long term decay of that. Um, people would obviously think about homeschooling and other options, I presume. And Rob, the Australian Christian Lobby, a lot of listeners will be looking to the ACL for what move they might make next in being able to be a part of whatever campaigns are going to try and halt uh, this dismantling of Christian schools. When they go to the ACL website, uh, there'll be some resources there. Uh, any of those links to petitions that you're talking about? Uh, anything else on your website? So the e-petition, uh, Neil, that's expired. We're actually, uh, that's gone to Parliament and it's expired now. Um, but we do have a, a one-click campaign, which means uh, listeners can click on the link to save your Christian school in Queensland and that will be passed on to your MP, to the Premier, to the Attorney General. Uh, we, we're constantly monitoring this, Neil. We're putting out press releases as we come across new information and we're certainly keeping our supporters updated. Um, I would encourage your listeners also so to subscribe to the ACL. Come to our website, acl.org.au, 
and sign up and we would love to keep you informed with what's going on in the Christian space. And there's a challenge there for listeners to continue and to upgrade even support for the Australian Christian Lobby as they are there on the front line. Check out the resources you'll find online at acl.org.au and new initiatives starting frequently. Rob Norman is the Australian Christian Lobby State Director for New South Wales, Queensland and the ACT. Rob, thanks so much for a great update once again today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Bless you, my friend. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.